0: Never let the devil steal your joy because that's what he wants to do. Amen. So are you ready for the word? Hallelujah. Praise God. Before we do that, we need to pray for some people. Um, Who put this on my... Okay. Who is Eddie? Okay. Okay, cool. Just want to... And what about Marvin? Who is Marvin? Okay, good. So we're going to pray for Marvin's mom and for Eddie, who lost his sister sad. And then we're going to pray for Mr. Joe. Most of y'all know Mr. Joe. He's kind of having a rough time. And so we want to pray for him. Amen. Well, Father, we do thank and praise you for your word. Lord, we thank you that by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. And we pray for Marvin's mom who has a cancer, but father, we rebuke this cancer in Jesus name. We curse it at the root. We thank you that Marvin's mother is healed in Jesus name. Hallelujah. By Jesus stripes, she is healed. And father, we thank you that we're redeemed from the curse of the law and and sickness is a curse. So we rebuke this sickness and she doesn't have to receive this in Jesus name. So, Father, we say that she is healed no matter what the doctors say. And we give you all the honor and glory. And, Lord, we just thank you for Mr. Joe. And, Lord, we ask that you heal him. We curse side effects from medication in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that Joe is healed from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And we curse cancer in Jesus' mighty name. We know that Mr. Joe is healed. And, Father, we uh, pray for renew for um, for uh, uh, Robbie's sister. And, Lord, we just curse this uh, high blood pressure and everything that attacks her. We know that she is healed, all of this swelling. Father, we thank you for a complete turnaround, complete healing from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to get into the word, Amen. Father, I just thank you, and we just bless you for your word. We thank you for this day. You woke us up this morning. It's a wonderful day. We thank you for this season. Jesus is the reason for the season. Now, Father, I ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. Father, we want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed in every way, spiritually, physically, mentally, in every way. Make us whole. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about having the mind of Christ. Because you know, people think you can't have the mind of Christ. Well, some people can't because their minds stay so confused. <laughs> but if you are born again, it's in there. Like, pray, go. Amen. It's in there. You just gotta find it and pull it out. Amen. But to have the mind of Christ. You must renew your mind in the word. I know y'all hear me say this all the time, but this is a new era, a new season, a new paradigm where God is blessing us. He's uh, restoring. He's just doing everything. You know, uh, Amos 9:13 says that, um, uh, you know, things will be happening so fast. One thing fast on the heels of another. You won't know how to receive it. And I think sometimes we really don't because we've been in in this land of status quo for so long, you know, that it's hard for us to shift. But we must shift. Amen. Shift your thinking. It's, and it starts with how you think. Now, I know you all are forerunners and, and um, intercessors. So this is mainly for uh, the people uh, out there, who, whoever they are but just stay with me. Amen. Because we all need a little bit more and a little bit more, a little bit more. God knows what we need. Amen. So the first place Satan will attack you is in your mind. He always, that's his thing. Amen. He uses wrong thoughts to bring destruction to your life. Amen. Because see, he knows that if he can get you thinking wrong, then he can go to step two, step three, You know, they don't like me and whatever else. He just tells people all kind of stuff. And see, it's up to us to rebuke those thoughts, cast them down. You know, the Bible tells us to refute all of those wrong thoughts. That means stop them, resist the devil, and he will flee. Put up your bloodstained banner and say, no, I will not believe it. I won't think. See, if you dwell on it, it'll start making sense to you, let me tell you. So you have to kick that out immediately Satan will attack your body once he attack your mind he can attack your body because he wants to rule he wants to rule over us that's all cuz see he's upset about this authority that God has given us and so he wants to come in and perpetrate amen he wants to rule in your life, so you think God is nowhere to be found. Now, be honest, haven't you felt that sometime? Some like, where is God? And see, it's because he will—he pressures you so much because he wants you to think you have no authority, no dominion. And but you just have to know who you are. And so when he starts this, because if he—if he did it to Jesus, he's gonna do it to you. You—you you ain't special. Well, he doesn't bother me that's where that came from. <laughs> and so you have to fight back, but you fight him with the word of God. Amen. You must fight him. He attack you, attack him back. Stay in offense mode. You know, hallelujah. What's that saying? The, the best offense is a good defense. Is that it? Oh, well, that ain't what I meant to say. But, I mean, you know, I mean, that's the, but you know what I'm saying. Stay on. I don't want like to live defensively, but I'm, I am stay ready. That's what I'm trying to say. And so we need to stay ready because just as sure as the sun sets, he will come to you with something bogus. And you have to know how to shut him down. Because today it's just a small thing in your mind. Tomorrow he gunning for you. Then your family, then your you know your marriage. This is how he operates. And so we must uh we must stay prepared. It's like uh Ephesians six twelve talks about the armor of God. Well, I'm just I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't believe in going through this ritual. You walk in that authority, walk in that presence, walk in what God has given you and stay ready for him, amen. Hallelujah. So if we allow it, our minds will lead us astray or lead us away. See, that's what the carnal mind does. It's the enmity of God or it's the enemy of God. Your carnal mind is not God's friend. Come on now. It's not God's friend. Well, I'm his friend, but those thoughts aren't. And see, this is why the devil attacks you in your mind. Because this Joyce Meyer says the mind is a battlefield and be honest with you this is where your warfare is your warfare is in your thought process <laughs> if you can think right then you'll believe right you'll you'll talk right and you will win you'll you'll fight and you'll win the devil you'll fight the devil and win but if your thought is wrong if if it's always in negative mode if you always are thinking Negatively, you know what I'm saying? Then the devil would get the upper hand, and then when you start to fight him, because you'll wake up because you're a believer, and when you wake up, you it's you, so far you got to dig out. You know what I'm saying? Got to dig your way out. Anybody in here ever dug your way out? And it's like, man, where have I been? And I would be thinking, I said, how did I let this happen? <laughs> you know? But it happens real easy and real quickly. And so you have to stay in defense mode, but not always fighting because I or unnecessary warfare. I put it like that because I know so many Christians that's always fighting, always, and the little least little thing come out of your mouth, then they want to fight that. So there is a a not right way to live, and then there's a way that you can live in peace, but stay ready. I I don't really know how to articulate that right now, but you understand what I'm saying. There is a way to stay in the devil's face. See, you got to let him know who you are. Now, let me tell you how he knows who you are. By you knowing who you are. If you know who you are, then he'll know who you are, too. If you don't know who you are, he won't know. See, but he he knows the power that God has given us. He knows that we have power to tread on serpent, tread on him and come out victorious because he knows that the battle is already won. But if you don't know going in to a battle who you are, I'll tell you like Shadrach, Neshach and Abednego. The Bible says in there in that beginning of that that uh, chapter, it says God gave them skillfully he taught them skillfully how to use the word he gave them wisdom and understanding no understanding and knowledge and so they understood how to use the word skillfully against their the attacks of the enemy so much so that they were willing to go in the furnace they said our god will bring us out and they said even if he does not he says we will never bow to you and your false god And see, anything contrary to the word is a false God. Anything that we've been believing in, even old wives' tales. You know, when when Mama Nim brought us up, (laughs) it was, but we got through on them wives' tales because they brought us through. We didn't, we very rarely went to the doctor. So a lot of that stuff was good, but I tell you what wasn't good is just their mere sayings. The practices that they did worked. It, they would always give honor to God, oh, thank you, Lord. I learned a lot, but their conversation was defeating. you know, if the Lord will, the Lord wills for you to be healed, and you know, and so we have to be careful, you know, and it doesn't take a whole lot of understanding, it's just believing what God said It's like this, making a decision that this is real. Making the decision that the Word of God is true, amen. so if we allow it, our minds will lead us astray from God, but it'll cause your if you walk in the spirit and be led by the Spirit, and you can only do that if you put down your old way of thinking. Uh, if you be led by the Spirit, then your soul will become fat. amen, a fat soul you ever heard of that? I know you've heard. your soul will be so it will be bulging with power understanding wisdom authority and so we have to desire. and it's not hard to do all you have to do is train this i call it the old meat grinder and stop putting in false ideals and when you come against something don't be afraid to rebuke it you know cast it aside refuting all of these ideas Refuting these things, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And a lot of things that we come into contact with from day to day, they refute the knowledge of God. They're not with God. You know, it's contrary to what the word of God says. So I've learned in my many years of life to line up my thinking with the word of God. And when I get off, you know, I, I pull myself back over or, you know, I say, well, I shouldn't have said that, you know. And so, um, some of you know, sometimes I just go on and on with, with my whining. And so I think I was talking to Nola a few months ago and she was saying something and I said, yeah, and you know, and it hurt. And, and she said, but you healed. And I said, yeah. <laughs> And I say, yeah, yeah, I'm healed. I'm healed, Nola. I'm healed, you know. And so that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to catch each other and say, you know, you got to talk. That's what we do. We're supposed to help each other. Help a sister out. And so, you know, the, the, uh, the world, the world will tell you when you get older, you're supposed to have aches and pains, but you, God says you will live healthy. And live until you're satisfied. There's no specific time that you have on this earth. You live as long as you want to live. And then when you're ready to close down shop, you can do that too and walk on over. You don't have to be sick with anything to die. Just cross on over. And so God's word says that you will live until you, until you are satisfied. And it didn't say you have to have aches and pains and sicknesses and diseases. You don't have to do that. And so, but the devil will try to put you, put them on you and then tell you, well, you know, the doctors even to do, well, you know, preventive medicine because of your age. And, but you got to rebuke them because they see everybody as a dollar bill, y'all. Amen. The woman with the issue spent all her money. I'm basing it on that. And I'm not saying that I, that there's not good doctors. There are. There's Christian doctors that tell you to pray. I know when Sheree was in the hospital, this doctor came in and prayed for her every day, didn't he? Laid hands. He was Chinese, right? And he prayed for her every day. Laid hands on her. And at first I'm like, who is this masked man? But then, but then the Spirit of God, I let the Spirit of the Lord talk to me. And he said, I sent him there. And I said, okay. I, I saw because I was going to wait on him and rebuke him, but it was god god's got people everywhere, and they're uh, amen, so he used doctors, and they'll tell you, you know, pray because they they want to see a miracle so i don't I'm not against doctors what i 'm against is us thinking that they have the last word because they amen. Hallelujah. God has the last word. He created the the heavens and the earth. So I think he should be able to have the last word. Amen. Because he created, they didn't do that. They're just trying to uh, maneuver in the space that they have. And I think it's their will for all to be healed. I know that. And so, you know, I, I hold them in high esteem, but they are not God. And, and so when they give their prognosis or, or like, uh, Miss Pat, I was talking to her one time and she said, well, they practicing. And so you have to remember that. They're practicing. And so sometimes we forget that and I do forget that sometimes. And I was glad that she reminded me of that. They are practicing and they tell you that. So once you put them in their proper place, it's all good. Because when they know, that a certain situation need prayer. They've gotten to the point now where they say, well, you, do you pray? A lot of them will say, well, do you believe? And so you have to believe, believe that there is a final word over what they say. They are just looking at some tests and a lot of those tests are not accurate. Amen. Because they'll even go back and say, well, let's do another test. You know, um, the, the story of Hannah that we did, um, about six months ago, a year ago, and she's a girl that Ravi knows, a young girl, and they they uh, said that she hit college, in college, and came home and she thought she had something minor, and they did blood tests and said she had cancer. And so her doctor, she came home from school, went to her doctor, and her doctor said, I want a second opinion. See, These doctors want you well. And he got a second opinion and she didn't have cancer. And we prayed and prayed for Hannah. And Hannah came out clean. Amen. Only 20 years old. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And so they make mistakes and they know that. But do we need them? Yes. If we did, if we didn't have them, a, lot, a whole lot of Christians would be in trouble. You know, their doctors are supposed to be for the unbelievers. But honey, they help Christians too. Because there's not enough Christians that will go all the way with God. Like the woman with the issue, she spent all her money. She didn't know any better. But she got smart real quick. She says, I've spent all my money. But I, I know I can be healed because I've heard of this man called Jesus. And if I can just touch the him of his, if I can just touch him. She meant touch him spiritually and physically. She had already touched him. But if she can just get toward him, I know I will be made whole. And so God is with every believer and he wants us well. Amen. Hallelujah. So we must be fully engaged in God. In other words, we need to become involved with him. See, just because you're a Christian and you live from day to day don't mean you're involved with God. Some of us are. Some of us aren't. Amen. So we need to be fully engaged. And that means that word engaged means to occupy or to attract, to involve, to capture. I don't know what that is. That word is there to captivate, to engross and to to participate. And so all of these things you have to, in other words, some type of close communication with God, like a relationship, we must engage in God or be engaged with him. And this is if we want to walk in the spirit, get our minds changed, not think carnally or not think when I say carnally, I mean, naturally, we have to come out of the natural realm just to sometimes get victory. You know, you can't get it in the natural realm. Your victory is in the spirit. Amen. So let's go to Romans 12, 2. We all know the scripture, but let's go there anyway. Hallelujah. We keep our minds fixed on God, and he brings perfect peace. That's Isaiah 26, 3. I think it says he who keeps his mind, what is it? He who keeps his mind on God is stayed. Your mind, who, he who keeps his mind stayed on God will he'll bring you perfect peace or something like that. Isaiah 26, 3. So we have to keep our mind. You cannot keep your mind on negative things. Negative things brings more negativity. Heavenly things, having your mind fixed on God, staying fully engaged with God brings victory. Amen. Romans 12, 2. Let me go there myself. And of course it says, and do not be conformed. And that means a part of the world. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't let the world's thinking, the world's traditions, the world's habits, how they talk, how they walk, what they wear. Don't let it impress you. Amen. It says, but be transformed. That means be changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect. The perfect will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And through his wisdom, I'm just adding this, through his wisdom, we will know him. And we will know the mind of Christ through his wisdom. Amen. So don't be conformed. Don't, in other words, don't let the world impress you. Don't let the world's voice speak louder than God's voice. So if you keep, you keep, if you don't renew your mind, you're going to hear the voice of the world. And then when you want to hear from God, you got to scramble, (laughs) you know, try to get in a line and get a word. Amen. From somebody that don't even know God as well as you do. Not all of them, not all of them, because God has sent prophets out. But everybody that prophesies not hearing for you. You always know by those blanket coverages. God's going to do it for you, and we know that. God said, you know, all this stuff, I'm not even going to get into it because I don't want people to think I'm messing with anybody. I'm not. My message is for this house and those who want to receive it, that you have to be engaged with God so that you can hear clearly, especially when you get in trouble. Amen. Amen. But it starts in your mind. You can't in other words, you can't entertain every thought that goes through your mind, and you can't think it's God. Some people think because they're praying and they're in the spirit, they think everything that goes through there is God and it's not. It's just not God. Not everything. Amen. Because the devil is slick. And so you have to you have to filter. Out what's him and what's not amen and god will confirm what's him with signs he don't confirm it, it wasn't him and and i had to learn that and you know still learning you know you have to keep learning but the more you uh consult god and the more you interact with god you'll get used to that voice and you'll start to know and understand what's him and what's not amen so we must be fully engaged in the word of God until we are changed and be led by the spirit. Satan, Satan likes deception and he works through deception and he keeps trying to infect your way of thinking. He he likes to do that because, see, if he can get in there and get you to not be able to identify voices He's going to speak something to you that's negative because that's who he is. And then you'll believe it because you'll think that's God. It's just not, you know, you just have to go back to training school. Just just throw yourself on the mercy of the court. plead the blood or lawyer up. Amen. And allow God to speak to you. He will do it. But you've got to leave out all of your other preconceived notions. Just let it go. It's hard, you know, sometimes to think, wow, I was on this path all this time. I thought that was God. That's disturbing. But nobody knows it but you and God. Amen. So get over it and just start all over with God. That's called Satan's deception. And he keeps trying to, listen, he never quits. Time you get on the right path, he coming back with something else bogus. That's not him or some fear. He'll come with some kind of fear. Amen. But you just have to stay with God. A renewed mind knows the perfect will of God. Amen. You know, he, he did, uh, the woman in the garden. Did God really say, well, he didn't mean that tree right there. What did he say anyway? And then he gets her to repeating what God really said. and She got it all screwed up. He knows what the word he knows the word better than us sometimes, amen, but he goes after your he was after her identity because see if he can get you to think thinking this false stuff is real, he's going to snatch who you are from you because see he doesn't belong to God now he got kicked out of heaven and he can't get back in, remember, and so he wants the that identity that we have, and so if he can squash your identity. And this is really what he's after, where you have no confidence in the in the uh, word of God, no confidence in your father. And that's what he's after. Amen. And see, if he get enough Christians, who's going to preach the gospel? He's who's going to preach truth. And so he's after your identity. This is it's always the motive behind his lies. And he's banking on you not knowing who you are. So that's what he wanted with that woman in the garden. Well, did he really say that? Well, see, he just want, don't want you to have power. And see, you start trying to tell somebody that they don't want you to have something. They don't want you to do this. and They don't want you to do that. And they don't want you to. And when you do that, he knows that's going to work. And that's a lie. Maybe you're not ready to do this, you know, or you got to get with God. But see, it's always they. So he don't want, he don't, he don't want you to have that. See, he don't want you to have the power and the knowledge that he has. He was messing with her identity, who she is, where she, he didn't create her, but see, it sounded good to her. And she says, well, he said, don't touch the tree in the middle of the garden. She just said, don't eat the fruit. I mean, it got real messed up and this is what he wants. Satan is the author of confusion and he do, he does this to us every day when when the devil tells you certain people don't like you you need to come against that cuz if you let that go he come back with something more powerful than that and anyway who cares <laughs> we don't live off a of likes amen we live off the out of the power of god hallelujah you can't take that to the bank not that you need to but you know what I'm saying. You just can't believe everything. And see, some people think, well, if I thought it, then it must be true. Because I don't let Satan in. He in now. Amen. So you have to change your mind concerning who you are. Change your thinking. So if you think wrong, you'll believe wrong. I think we talked about this last week. And if you believe wrong, you'll talk wrong. Wrong talk, wrong thinking comes from within you. It comes from your mind. A renewed mind, to have a renewed a new, renewed mind, sorry, <laughs> it takes focus. Amen. What do you focus on? Amen. Trans trans uh, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation takes focus. And it happens on the inside of you. You need you focus on who you really are. Who are you? I'm the We're the sons and daughters of Christ. Amen. We're Abraham's seed joint heirs with Christ. Got to know who you are. Amen. You've been free. You're living in liberty. Some people like to prove how much liberty they have by doing anything. Walking on the edge of God forgives. He understands. See, when you get like that, and you walked over into stupid. Amen. See, there's certain things that maybe one person in the world can do. I can't do it. I I don't want to do it. Amen. So it, it's personal. It, it it's depends on where you are in your walk with God. Amen. And then there's certain things it's okay to do because I'm telling you religion to get a hold of you and try to make people think oh well you can't do that you just don't talk to them kind of people because they're religious because religious always like to go too far. Amen. And so we have to know who we are. We're joint heirs with Christ. We're we're the redeemed. We're forgiven. You're born again, you are forgiven. We need to focus on our strength. If you start focusing on what God says about you and that he's given you the necks of your enemy, he's given you victory, you become strong. You focus on strength, you become strong. Amen. You f- focus on being healed, you will be healed. You don't focus on the, the negative part, what you're going through. Hey, We all go through stuff. Could be worse. But, but focus on where you want to be. See yourself healed and you are healed no matter what it looks like on the outside. Amen. When Coming out of poverty to prosperity takes focus. Amen. If you focus on the word of God, you'll become what the word of God says you are. Christ in you. You got to know who you are. Christ in you to hope. You're never hopeless. You're never without hope. You always have hope. Why? Because Christ is in you. Amen. Let's go to Colossians 1. Praise God. Colossians 1. Verse 27. (sighs) Okay. I think. Let's go to 26. It says, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations. But now we have revealed to his, he has revealed to his saints. Verse 27, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Never think that how can we be without hope when the hope is in you, Christ in you, you're in him. You're never without hope. You're never a failure. You never come to the end of the road. (laughs) There is no end. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ in you is in infinite to infinity. How, how are you at the end of your road? Oh, I'm just at the end of my rope. Well, where's the Christ in you? Go somewhere and pray in tongues for a little while. and come on back over. Yes. Amen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. The kingdom is within you. That's what that means. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That means the kingdom is within you. And we are raised up in a new hope kingdom, hope. Amen. So you're never, you're never in a bad position. Although it looks bad, we don't live by how things look. We don't live by what we go through. We don't live by how you feel. You go by, you live by what you know. Well, let's see now. I know I'm saved. Anybody here ever (laughs) been reduced to that? I know I have. It's like, well, God, I know one thing. I know I'm saved. If I don't know anything else. Cause I started out being a Baptist 30 years ago. You can't take that away from me. Amen. So I know I'm saved. So you start from there and you work your way back up. Amen. Amen. There must be a transformation on the inside of your mind. See, people are so busy. Let me tell you what we Christians do. We're so busy trying to be transformed on the outer So people think we all of that and we ain't. And this is why the world don't like us because we're fake. Just telling you the truth. More preachers ought to tell the truth because we are trying to design our own pattern. And God has already given us a blueprint for our life. He's already designed that. See, we go back. Once we learn a little bit and we try to fall into this mode of looking like we know looking like we're all holier than thou. You know what I'm saying? And we just need to be real and quit trying to impress people cuz people going to think about you what they want. That's just the way people are. Hallelujah. But when you're transformed, that's an inward dealing. You're changed in your mind and then in your heart. And then it comes on the outside. It's not an outside in situation. Healing starts on the inside. That's why you may have symptoms. And then you tell people, but I'm healed. And they look at you crazy. Well, why are you doing that? Or why are you, you know, whatever? It's because healing is an inward dealing. You can't get healing on the outside without getting it on the inside, and it'll show up later. Some some healings are instantaneous, some ain't. Amen. If you're riding on somebody else's faith, you can come up to the altar and get healed real quick. Amen. Take my faith and get healed, and I'm I still got the symptoms. See what I'm saying? But I know I'm healed. It's a knowing thing. And it starts on a transformation, starts on the inside. That's what's wrong with the church. It's too many transformations outwardly. Well, bless you, sister. It don't work like that. It just don't work like that. Because, uh, you know, it's always, you always on edge or trying to prove something. Just be you. Hallelujah. Just be who you are. And if you want to be all of that, allow God to change your heart, change your mind. Transformation starts on the inside and it takes focus. What do you focus on? If you focus on, on focusing on always trying to look right and talk right, it, that ain't going to last very long. You'd be like a snapping turtle. But allow God to come on the inside and really change who you are. Be ye transformed by the renewing. Renew your mind. Re- change how you think. And it's not just okay. I'm a change. You got to allow the Word to work on you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Poverty to prosperity takes focus heal to uh, sick to heal. It takes focus. What do you focus on? We're joint heirs with Christ. Focus on who you really are. Sons of Christ. Joint heirs with Christ. You don't have to do a thing. Let God work in your heart. Amen. Focus on the word of God and you'll become the word. Focus on the whatever you focus on. That's what you're going to become. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. You always have hope in him because the hope is on the inside of you. Amen. Hallelujah. So when we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, new life inside of us starts to reveal things to us. This is how you get wisdom. This is how you get uh, wisdom and knowledge. It's when you see you have to give up your natural way of thinking. We have to give up our natural way of dealing with situations and problems. you got to give all that up. Even if it's a good idea, because, see, God likes a lot of stuff that we do and say. But I don't want to do it that way. He wants to do it his way. Why? Because it comes out better for us. I've gotten to the point where I don't care what method God uses, whether it's my thought, his thought, the neighbor's thought. I don't care. As long as he's in it and it works, it's good. I'm good with that. Amen. Because at some point it's like, when do we get over wanting to be the big mastermind behind everything? You can't tell people what to do all the time. Sometimes you just got to be quiet. Even your kids, just be quiet and trust God with them. Amen. My goodness. And You know, God will speak to them. He will speak to them. He always does. He speaks to them. They hear from God. Amen. They hear from God. They got faith and they know how to come in when your faith is weak and minister to you, don't they? And I'm like, where'd they get that from? I remember years ago when I uh, was faced with a divorce. And I was very depressed. Here comes Tony in the room. Get up, woman of God. And I said, shut up and get out of here. Get up, woman of God. And I'm like, leave me alone. No, you're a woman of God. Get up. Do what you say all the time. And I just wanted him to just. (laughs) And I said, what does he know? And the Lord told me, he's speaking my words. That was many, that was over 25 years ago, and that's when I started to say, you know what, I'm not going to worry about my kids because they can hear from God, and they can hear from God, put you back on the map. He said, you can't keep doing this. You got to get up and fight. And I appreciate that. Amen. So you just have to let God be God. I I appreciate hearing it from him than somebody else the neighbor. God knows what you need to hear. He knows how to speak to them prophetically. They know more than you think they know. You just got to just got to let it roll. They're not right all the time, but God knows how to deal with that too. You just pray. Keep praying. Amen. Amen. Because They're great people in God. Great people in God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you just have to take it however God sends it. And sometimes it hurts. But we need to learn more how to hear the word and and receive the word of God. Amen. Receive it however God brought it. Amen. Amen. We begin to know and perceive things once our minds are renewed. We know know the word of God when we hear it because we know and perceive it. This is how God does. There's new life inside of us, and it starts to reveal to us who we really are. What the situation really is. Who's the mastermind <laughs> behind the operation? I mean, the devil will point out the devil. He'll point out everything to you if you give him half the chance. But see, what we like to do and what we're accustomed to, not we're not bad people. I'm just saying. We're accustomed to looking in the natural and figuring out, or somebody told us, when God wants to give us that information. Amen. You... Transform your mind and transform your thinking. And he will reveal more to you. Amen. Because we have the mind of Christ and put away the wisdom of the world, we will perceive things by the spirit and capture our identity, if that makes sense. And so God wants to speak to us directly, but he'll speak first one way and then another in a dream, in the vision of the night, God speaks to His people. He knows how to speak to us, because I'm telling you, He's spoken to me in, on a commercial, on a on a, uh, a truck passing by. He knows how to speak to you. He knows how to speak to His children. Amen. His His children, His sheep, know His voice. Go to First Corinthians <coughs> two. Yeah, so we're going to be jumping all around this Bible. And did I go in order? No. Sometimes I don't get it like that. First Corinthians 2.12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that, have been freely given to us by God. And these things we also speak, not in words, which is man's wisdom, not in words that man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. Amen. So in other words, sometimes we need to hear it just like God says it, and not in this old way that's normal to us. We need to hear God's voice in his language, his pattern. Did I say that right? I guess not. He, we need to, well, let me read it again. And you make your own decision. Let's, let's go to verse 10, back up to verse 10. Well, I like nine, but it is written. I have not seen, ear have not heard, nor have entered into the heart of man. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. So we haven't even tipped the iceberg on what God has for us. Amen. And verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. See, it says here, let me read this again. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For what man knows the things of a a man, for what man knows the things of a man, except the spirit of the man, which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given, us to us by god amen i'll keep going and it says in verse 13 these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches but which the holy spirit teaches see we got to get away from what man thinks what man says what man does the tradition of man what we're normally used to we got to get away from that that's what this is saying It's saying, hey, stop thinking carnally. Think about what what God says, how God says it. God is speaking to us on the inward side, to our inward man. He's speaking all the time. He doesn't want us to pay attention to all of the stuff that we're used to. He doesn't want us to continue to expect things to come the way we Normally, see that's what's wrong with Christians. We we expect God to come through for us in ways that's normal to us. The Bible says, "Behold, I do a new thing." He speaks to us one way and another, but we expect things to come the way they normally, but the way people come to us. It says here that He speaks to us by His Spirit. Amen. So you, you have to be in the spirit where he is. You have to renew your mind in the word of God so you can understand and hear his voice. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 14 says, but the natural man, that's your natural mind. The carnal man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. That scripture ought to stick out. You need to put a blue sticker or something next to that. Like, uh, like Kenneth Hagin said, if you can't r- write in your Bible, we'll give you one you can write in. <laughs> See, to those people, the Bible is sacred because you don't know what's in there. <laughs> Who. I said I would be nice today. But some things just grab you, you know. See, I can say that because I used to be one of them. Well, this Bible is for the coffee table. Amen. True that. (laughs) They're spiritually discerned. So it says the natural man cannot know them because it's foolishness. Because they're spiritually discerned. Verse 15. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. That's what common people don't understand that the world don't get it. Wow. Well, they judging me. Well, it says right here, the spirit people will go judge you. That's our job. Be quiet. Maybe you'll understand some stuff. But see, let me tell you what religion does, pushes it to a different level and want to go judging everybody. That God didn't call you to do that. you out of place again. Amen. Hallelujah. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 2.15. Verse 16 says, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? It's just like Job when he had his coming to Jesus meeting. I'm going to call that with with the Lord. And and God was just running down all this stuff that he believed and had been saying and how he dealt with his, uh, you know, religious friends. And then when God just showed him a few things, he was saying, I I understand that I've been handling this this situation like I understood everything. And I see that I didn't. I'm paraphrasing. I didn't understand a thing. And I've been judging. And trying to tell them. What you're doing when I didn't understand, I didn't have that knowledge and that wisdom, amen. So we can get over, you know, we can, we can cross the line, too, in a different way from them sinners. But, it, but two wrongs don't make a right, like my parents used to say. Amen? We need to hear from God. We need to have the mind of Christ. I'll read 16 again. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Don't ever think you know so much that you can tell God a thing or two. He's the one that makes the blueprint for our lives. Amen. He holds the key to our future. Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Without Him, we are nothing. We can't be anything, but God has given us so much. Amen. And we all we need to do is come into agreement with what God has already said. Let's go to Philippians, uh, Philippians two. Come into agreement in our minds. You can't come into agreement with God if you don't renew your mind in the Word. If you don't renew your mind in the Word, if you ain't not reading the Bible. You ain't gonna know what's going on, especially in this these days. <clears throat> It'll pass right by you. Amen. Philippians two three. It says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. That means once you start getting wisdom and, and revelation, don't get high minded. You know how people do. Then they are all arrogant. They do a little bit something good and then they arrogant. I don't understand what happens. It's like boom, and they know everything been everywhere, done everything. I've been to the four corners of the earth. You got to stay humble. Amen. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, that means don't be high minded. That doesn't mean that you got, you have to act ghetto. We ain't talk about that. We mean being arrogant or being humble. Jesus was humble all the time, not just on Monday and Tuesday. He was humble all the time. Verse four says, let each of you look out, not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. That means when you get it or you get to a certain plateau of knowledge, or if you get to a place where you have anything, think about other people. Amen. Be a giver. Amen. That didn't go over well, but it's still true. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse five. Let me see what that says. It says, and let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. See, he didn't put himself above people on, although he walked in the power and the authority of God himself. Like he told them crazy people in the old te- in, the, in the epistles, he said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." And then they said, "Who he think he is?" But he didn't walk in a in a a, a, a high-minded way because he was humble. He just wanted he, all he did is is go around preaching the gospel to the people and healing people. That's all he wanted to do because he knew his assignment. But a lot of people didn't like that, especially the church people, who he think he is saying he's God. If you've seen him, you've seen the father. He knew who he was, yet he was humble. See, when you know who you are, you don't lord it all over everything. That's what this is saying. Let's get down to the meat of it. You don't lord it all over everybody. You don't put people down because you arrived in your head because that's just in your head. Amen. And so you have to stay humble and help others. Amen. Doesn't mean you have to get low with it. Whatever that means. <laughs> Y'all, look, they laughing over there. They know what it, uh, whatever. Let me get out of this one. But you know what I'm saying. You don't have to go low. You, you can keep your standard and level of maturity, but help others come down low enough where you can be touchable or relatable. I used to hear prophets talk back in the day, and I think Robert's Laird and said, the more something you are, the more relatable. you are. Thank you. The more spiritual you are, the more relatable you are. See, people don't know that. They get it twisted. They think the more spiritual you are, don't bother me. I'm talking to, I'm hearing from God. (laughs) That's how they grow. But it's so wrong and you give yourself away. The more spiritual you are, the more relatable you are because Jesus was relatable and he was, he told the people, if you see me, you see the father. You can't get any higher than that. Yet he was relatable. The woman with the issue was crawling. And and he said, who touched me? Because he knew that her faith had touched him. Something on the inside of her touched him, touched him on the inside. And power was released because of who she was and who he was. So he was relatable. What if he had been walking around like like King Tut and couldn't be touched? See, that's how people are. I don't know what gets into people's minds, but they think they're all that in a bag of chips. Y'all understand that? And you need to come on down. Come on down. Amen. Get off of that pedestal and relate to people. Help somebody. Jesus helped. He The Bible clearly says that his mission was to preach the gospel and go around doing good. He didn't go around snubbing his nose at people because he he did a little something, something. When will we ever learn? And church people are good at this. They are excellent. And it's called religion. And I, I really c- cannot stand it because it stinks. And guess what? God don't like it either. There's no way in the world you're going to shove this up his nose because he ain't buying it. And just as sure as you get up on that pedestal, you're going to fall. Because you know what? Pride comes before the fall. That's pride. And you don't even know. People don't even recognize pride. That's pride. When you start putting yourself above other people, now you may not do what they do. You know? And you may not live like they live. And that's wonderful. That's what we're supposed to do. But see, that's why our minds need to be cleaned out, need to be renewed. Because the minute you start thinking you more than, guess what? Something's waiting on you. See, that's a little, what's that used to be on the floor, Nola? A what? A snare. See, the devil is plotting a snare for you when you get up there so high. You can come down and there's a snare that you don't see and you're about to get your foot caught in it. That's the way it is. Hallelujah. I don't know where I'm going and I don't care. Feel right to me. And so you have to stay spiritual in your mind. And um, we all get jiggy with it, however you want to call it. But you got to pull yourself back up. And, and you know, it's like I touched that world for a minute. And I I know I wasn't supposed to be there and I don't like it. I do it all the time. But I say, no, I don't like it there. I don't live there no more. And I'm not going back there. I peeked in there, didn't like it. And I'm not going back there. We got a lot of work to do. And see, these type type of things, how you think, can hinder your progress. It just does. God is dealing with us inwardly. Amen? He just is. And I'm thankful for it because we get screwed up in our thinking and God wants us whole. See, if you don't think healthily according to the word of God, then you're, you're limited and you're like a cripple. You gotta, you have, have to have a, a wholeness and a soundness in your mind. That's where it starts. Amen. Let this mind be in you. Let me read verse five again. Let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. I ain't just talking yak. Well, she was on somebody today. I'm on the word. You you deal with your own situation. I'm on the word. That's what I that's what I've been talking about for the last five minutes, right there. Let this mind be in you. Keep Christ it centered in your mind, not your high mindedness. Amen. Verse six says who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming into the likeness of men. He humbled himself to identify with us, although he knew who he was. See, listen, when you know who, I don't know why I'm going here, and like I said, I don't care, when you know who you are, you don't have to go way up on this false pedestal like Jesus. He was equal to God, but he, he came down. He, he made himself of no reputation. He was just uh, Mary and Joseph's boy. That's who people knew him as. And it didn't bother him. But they didn't say minister Jesus. He didn't care. He made himself of no reputation. Only only way that hindered him is he could not do many mighty works in his own hometown because people knew him as a kid in that family with all the carpenter's son with all them kids. And they were so carnal-minded, they didn't know that he was the deity of God. But it didn't bother him what people said about him. He kept pushing because, listen... He knew who he was. When you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you don't put on this fakeness. Because you don't need to. That goes for all of us. Just be you. As as my son Mac would say, you do you and let me do me. And I said, okay. Got it. Do you. And don't worry about what other people are doing. Because we have the mind of Christ. Although we need some tweaking. We need a whole lot of tweaking. You know what I'm saying? All of us. Because like I said, we get into that and we get out of line. But the important thing is you pull yourself back and repent and say, I don't want to do that no more. And you do it again. We all do. But we, we know that it's not right. And we continue to pull ourselves back until we get out of the habit of doing it. Some things take a lot of work because you've been doing them all your your life, especially in the church. Amen. Never feel inadequate toward another person spiritually. Just aim to be like them. It's okay. I remember one time a a bar this was been 20 years ago and Some of you will remember this. Me and Barb were walking. Back then, we would walk and keeping our bodies right. And we were, we were, yeah, it, it bombed on us. And we were in my in my neighborhood, and this big old white dog jumped out at us, and he jumped me, and I pulled her in front. I say, and she said, No, you don't. And I ran from him. And, but you know what? I said, I need that. I need what she has because I know that big, he was a white bulldog or something real big German, German shepherd. And it was white, a very unusual dog, which I never saw again. And I knew that was a devil from hell. And he jumped out at us and she said, no. And he, okay, sorry. Sorry backed up and I said to myself I need what she has and I stayed around her because I knew I needed what she had and see it's something spiritual that you need from me all y'all amen hallelujah thank you that's how it works some of you might think you don't and I don't care I'm not sitting up here with my list now let me see (laughs) Who need what I got? It don't work like that. It's if you see it and you admire it and you think you need it, you can have it. And I got what she had back then because I stayed around her until I understood. See, back then I, I didn't know how to go to God. But I stayed around her until I got that spiritual stuff that she had and that was spiritual boldness amen where you know you see she knew who she was in Christ she knew that the greater one lived in her and he, I didn't I'm like get this dog away from me with them teeth but she knew <laughs> and and he he backed up I'm telling you he backed up and I said I need that and I have that now I didn't have it back then And so all I'm saying is that we can learn from one another. And the the anointing is not just for us or for me. I'm better than you. It's that you will never have anything like that. Thinking you better. Because let me tell you something. There's snares on the floor. And you will definitely, the devil has one with your name on it. And so to avoid the snares. Of the enemy. You have to keep it clean with God. Know who you are. That's good and do you. And when others see what you have on the inside of you, they need to desire it. But let me tell you what most people do. They'll try to come up against it. They'll try to come up against it. Because they don't view you in the right way. Think about it. That's what people do. Amen. Quiet as a pen in this Presbyterian church, but that's how it is. Amen. But it's it's I I knew I acknowledged it. I knew that that I needed boldness. That's all I'm saying. And it took some years. Amen. I I see it's not. Let me explain. I don't want to be like her. See that's where we take it. Oh, I want to be like her. I want to have what she has. I just want what's on the inside of her. Amen. Amen. I wanted what was on the inside of her because I know I needed it. And I knew God had that for me. And so I didn't, I treasured it. But in the meantime, fight these devils for me, sis. (laughs) Until I, I was able. Amen. That's how you do. It's like Roberts Laird and said years ago, he says he liked hanging around. um uh What is his name? Lester Summerall and people like that. He got his power from them. He wasn't trying to be them. He was trying to grow on the inside. He was trying to get his inner man to to receive and hold what they had on the inside of them. He wasn't after who they were you know what i'm saying he was after that power and that authority which god had already given it to him but he wanted it to be administered in the proper way so he it's just like elijah and elisha elijah says i want a double portion of what elijah had that's what i'm talking about y'all it ain't it ain't i want her car i want to be like her i want her house it's That's carnal. Get in the spirit and shift. I'm talking about what a person has on the inside. And that's what we need to desire. We need to desire what one another has on the inside. If it's something of God, and I'm telling you, it's not brass. It's gold. The brass is fake. Well, I'm I'm Dr. So-and-so doctor so-and-so and And I have all of these plaques on my wall and I went to this school and I did ministry overseas and and all that's wonderful but I don't want that I want what's on the inside of you if, if it's of God that stuff you got that's a bunch of religion I don't desire that and so you have to understand what a person possesses and desire that You know, maybe they they might not be, uh, maybe they don't have the right bedside manner. See, that's what we judge people on. How's your bedside manner? I'm going to leave it there. But we're supposed to desire what a person has on the inside. That's what people with a sound mind does. Just because you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because somebody has a few flaws. We all got flaws. And you're going to see more of of them. Amen. Amen. But see, your new creation, man, should be mature enough to separate that from the person on the inside. Did I say that right? You suppose, you don't adore them, you know what I'm saying, in the natural. But you desire what they have on the inside. And and that's what I did. I wanted to be bold in the spirit like Robert. And I'm thankful that we got under his ministry. Amen. Now, when he messed up, did I, uh, he did? No. Because, see, I still got what I was supposed to get from him. <laughs> but, see, too many of us judge the, the, the flesh. Amen. And so I, I have to walk. Then I must have to walk a chalk line, and you're going to throw me to the dogs, too. That's just how people are. They look at the wrong thing because they're immature. That's what immature people do. You need to desire what's on the inside of a person, not the outside. Just saying, just telling the truth. And I may criticize the outside and I repent. We all do. But desire what's on the inside of a person. Amen. God has given us safe thinking. This is what a sound mind has. This, a sound mind, according to Romans 12, 2 says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So a renewed mind is a sound mind. Are y'all here? So it says, God has given us safe thinking, a disciplined thought patterns, good judgment, and the ability to understand and make right decisions. This includes self-control and self-discipline. And there is a way... That the spirit man can become so fat, and I wrote this last night. The, your spirit man can become so fat that it will put under. You ever heard that term, put under? Oh, little student of ministry over there. Uh huh. It's like this: when, when you grow spiritually, and your inner man gets strong because you have renewed your mind in the word of God. There's a way that you can stay in the spirit when you want to fall into the natural and that's okay. You got to be natural. The more spiritual you are, the more relatable you are. You ain't up here cause it's all fake. So what I'm saying is your inward man, when it becomes relatable and full of the word there's a way your flesh or your mind can get a little carnal and your spirit man is so fat he can pull he can put under in other words he can pull up your thinking and and say "Mm -mm," and get you on the right course does that make sense i think i heard i heard some great man of god say that he says your spirit man can put under your carnal mind. Wow. See what I'm saying? And that means it can take it and pull it up and say, "Nope. We've been in the flesh long enough." And he can fix that thing and readjust your thinking where you can get back into spirit. Does that make sense? So God has his way of keeping us pure. <laughs> Your spirit man can grow from being in that Bible and you can have fun with people and be natural. See, this is what's wrong with Christians. They get up here. and been in the word two days and they, and they get unrelatable and then they want to look down their noses at everybody. Don't work like that. That means you're a fake and a fraud because it don't work like that. When you are, are, when your spirit man is, is fed the word on a daily basis and you interact or engage with God, you'll get to a place where your spirit man can, thank you, can put put under your flesh. That's all I'm saying. It can put under your flesh. It can say, now that put under seems to be the wrong term. Because I say put under, that don't sound right. Me pull up. But it puts under your flesh and put you right back in the spirit where you were. See, that's what comes from a a fat spirit and it can keep you there, you know, because see, let me tell you what people do. Mm, See, she ain't born again. See, she carnal. No, I just slipped a little bit because I liked the joke. You know what I'm saying? I thought the joke was funny, but let me tell you, (laughs) let me tell you how people do to avoid that. I don't listen to jokes because you're not relatable because you're religious. So you step, just stepped over into religion. Amen. See, we're supposed to be changed, transformed by the renewing of our mind, not religious. And when we get religious, we lost the whole ball game. Now, I don't, I'm not saying come down to everybody's level because they need to come up to where we are. But what I'm saying is people can relate. you re, the more spiritual you are, the more relatable you are. Amen. I only got a few minutes. So let's see. Second Corinthians 517 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I think that's 2 Corinthians 5.17. And let's see, Ephesians 4.17 through 25 says, Don't walk as the Gentiles walk in their uselessness of mind. The Bible says futility of mind. So in other words, when you in the flesh, your mind is useless, just like the carnal man, just like the, the uh, unsaved man. It says don't walk like that, amen? But walk in the spirit, you won't enjoy the lust of the flesh. And if you have been feeding your spirit and it gets fat, it can pull you, it can put under your flesh, amen? It'll put it under. So that's Ephesians 4, 17 through through 24. Read that when you go home. Verse 22, I do want to get go there. Let's go there for a minute. Ephesians, if I can find it right. Ephesians 4, Ephesians four 17. let's see, verse 22, and it says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, see the old man is your former conduct, that's how who you used to be, well, I never did that. Yeah, you are. You did, and you still doing it, just in a different way. (laughs) It says, put off the former conduct concerning uh, put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. See, righteousness and holiness is not something you do. It's something you are. So you don't have to put on that. I'm righteous. Don't bother me. Don't do that because you'll pull me down. And I don't, I don't want to be, you know. It's see, righteousness and holiness is who you become when you have a renewed mind. It's who you are. It's not what you do. Because if you walk it in pure holiness and righteousness, you won't do nothing that's too bad. And if you do, your spirit man will put under those two seconds of flesh. Your spirit, see, God's already had this thing worked out where we can walk in the spirit. But see, those kind of people are not relatable and you never going to get nobody changed. You're not going to get nobody changed. They're going to smile in your face (laughs) and they hate to see you coming. I'm telling you, the church, look, we're living in the end times where we need to be able to relate to anybody. It was a brother that came in here. I don't know if many of you saw him that came in, and he sat there. He sat beside you. And I preached to him. I preached to him, and I knew who he was because he usually come in here and, and ask for stuff, food. Tony usually feed him. Tony wasn't here, but he got the word. And I preached to him, and when I walked by, he was smiling. And I said, hey, <laughs> you know. See, people really want what's inside of you. They'll take a sandwich or something because people be hungry, but they really need, I'll say, they need what's on the inside of you. And I was laughing because when I went in the office, I said, yeah, you wanted Tony, but you got me a sandwich and $2, but you got me. And I preached to him. And when I walked by, he was smiling. He looked at me like, yeah, I got it. And I'm like, deuces because I'm out. You know, but people need what's on the inside. They don't need all this flamboyance. They can go. I was going to say something, but you know where the flamboyance is. We know where to go to get that, to watch that if that's where you are, you know. But I'm telling you, God in you, the Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ in you, he's in there. All you got to do is just back off of flesh and let him reign. Amen. Well, Father, we do thank you for your word, and we bless you, and we lift you up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Father. And we thank you for the hallelujah that you put on the inside of us. Amen. That comes and defends and protects us. When we say hallelujah, angels come to our defense and we thank you. Chariots of fire show up and we thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. And we give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus name. Amen and praise God. If there's anybody that needs prayer, I can pray for you before you go. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's put a little prayer music on. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Jesus.